Um, so listen, thank you for being here today and uh, singing and giving uh, the Lord the glory. You know, the book of Revelation, as I shared with you, it is a uh, really a, a letter written to the seven churches of praise and of worship. And we will praise the Lamb that He shed His blood for us, the Lamb for sinners slain. And so I'm glad that uh, you've taken the time to make it a priority uh, in your life. And like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. David desired to dwell in the house of the Lord uh, all the days of his life. And he knew that mercy and goodness would follow him. You know, as I was uh, talking with my father, who, Lord willing, will make it to 91 in April. Um, of course, back in October, he broke his hip, but uh, he's recovered and he's doing well. And um, so he's been struggling to get himself ready for church. And I said, Dad, don't, don't struggle with the tie. Just put a sweater on and go. And, um, but you know what? Here he is, 90 years old, still pushing to go to church and has that desire to, to be in church with God's people and to worship the Lord. So uh, encouraging uh, to see God's people desire for that. All right, so the big idea, idea today is to uh, love one another by encouraging one another. So we can continue... Uh, in our series, and so you might call this one, Love One Another, The Encouragers. So we're just going to look at three of the one another commands today. Now, when you see this first one, it comes from Hebrews 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 24. And uh, so, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. How many of you see that word provoke, and you're thinking, that doesn't seem to fit? Anybody? All right. So... Provoke means to incite, to stir up, all right? We usually think of it as in a negative sense. He, prov he provoked me to anger, all right? Or quit provoking me. Well, so this is a positive example of what it means to provoke. Um, so Lucy in the Peanuts cartoon um, was talking to Charlie Brown one day, and she said, why are we here? Charlie Brown paused for a moment to consider such a profound question. And he said, well, I suppose we're here to encourage one another. She was silent, contemplated Charlie Brown's answer. And a minute later, she said, well, then, why are other people here? <laughs> All right. So maybe she was not on the encouraging end of other people's existence. So today, we want you to walk away not wondering whether you're loved or encouraged, all right? Like Lucy, why are other people here, you know? Well, if I'm supposed to be in church to provoke one another and to encourage them, why are they here? Well, so all of us today walk away uh, trying to be an encourager. So let us consider one another. And so uh, we looked at the word provoke. It means an incitement, uh, a stimulation. And so it's used here in this sense in a positive way, not in a negative way of irritation. Now, this is what Charles Spurgeon, who was a pastor in London, England, back in the late uh, 1850s, this is what he said when he was preaching a sermon one Sunday. He said, I'm afraid that there are some who consider one another to provoke in quite a different spirit from what this verse says, who watch to find a tender spot where a wound will be most felt. They observe the weakness of a brother's constitution and then play upon it 
or make jest about it. All of this is evil. So let us avoid it. Let us all seek out good uh, points of our brothers and consider them. So God's economy, when you become a Christian, God has an economy of way that things are supposed to, to run within his church. And he said, that we're to love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. So how do we love one another, practically speaking? Well, there's 35 of them. We're not going to finish all 35 by the time we get done with this series. It might be like pick it up in a couple of years and preach the other half of them. But here today, we can practically love one another by encouraging one another, by provoking one another unto love and to good works. And so um, this is very interesting. Now, uh, years ago, I had a, a guest speaker uh, come through, and uh, the title of his message was uh, A Spiritual Diet for the Church. And it was all about lettuce, eating lettuce. And we're like, what, what's going on? But did you notice the, the second and third word of the verse? Lettuce? Ah, yeah, yeah. So some of you are getting that. So this is to be our spiritual diet. All right, we need to uh, eat the Word of God up today and to consider one another. And so um, this phrase, let us, is used in the book of Hebrews three different times. Uh, first of all, it's used in a personal sense where we're supposed to personally consider whether our conscience has been cleansed. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's in verse 22 of Hebrews 10. And so that is a Godward responsibility, but then we also have uh, that selfward responsibility. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he that is faithful has promised. And then we come to this third let us responsibility in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now this word consider speaks of attentive, watchful care. Some people think that this is just a generational aspect of Christianity. Well, I'm not my brother's keeper. Well, yeah, I mean, different generations might relate differently to one another, but this is not a generational command. We're supposed to be considerate of others and to incite them to love and to good works. So if you see people gone for a few weeks, don't assume the worst about them, but consider them. Call them on the phone, send them a text. Write them a little postcard. Um, maybe there's been some sickness. We've got some people that are out sick today that have been communicating uh, with us. Beth Ann is recovering from COVID. The Fonzicas have some germs. Hello, Fonzicas. They said they'd be watching online today. Uh, so people are absent from time to time. Do you pay attention to that kind of thing? Do you consider them? And so maybe there's something uh, that you could do for them. Maybe there's some love you can show them. Maybe there's a good work that you could do 
for them. So that continuous care, keep on doing this. Take careful note of each other's spiritual welfare. And so the purpose of this attentive continuous care is to provoke or to encourage one another the exercise of love and good works. Hey, to incite love. And we got a lot of people in society trying to incite prejudice and hatred, right? Isn't it a good thing to, in your church, create a culture of love and good works? Oh, come on, be alive out there. You can at least nod your head if that's a positive thing, right? So this is what the apostle is telling us through the Holy Spirit. Create this culture in your church. Provide this continuous loving care for one another. So make that the, the culture that when people come to, to visit Calvary, they're just going to say something like, wow, I want to be there. This, is, this church is different. There's this kind of warm, loving atmosphere in, in this culture. Now, I'm not saying we're completely devoid of that. I'm not saying we're cult, all right? I'm just saying, let's keep on doing this because it's in, the, it's in the continuous sense here. Keep on considering one another. And so we have this responsibility uh, to our fellow Christian. So one believer will encourage, help, and stimulate another believer to evidence the fruit of a saved life. And so it's not part of God's design for us as Christians to go it alone. No Lone Ranger Christianity mentality. Christianity is a together kind of Christianity where we need to build these relationships. And you, once again, how can you do this on Sunday when you're listening to a sermon? You have to be involved after the Sunday sermon. So, Fellowship with God, then, must never become selfish. We must fellowship with other Christians in the local assembly. So, what Paul is apparently saying is that some of them were wavering in this regard. And so, verse 25, then he just gives them a command. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So, let me just put it this way. I know that certain events come up from time to time where you're not going to be here on a Sunday, uh, in a couple of weeks, I won't be here on a Sunday, right? But that's very rare. But when the doors to God's house are open, are you consistently there? Now, I'm glad that I can look out and say, yeah, all right, you're here. But be consistent in this regard. What does the consistency do? All right, well, your consistency and your continuous attention to creating a culture of love and of good works, well, that encourages one another. So just your presence is an encouragement. And so when we, when we stop and think about it, one of the best ways to make a difference in your church is to be there, but it's also the best way to make a difference in your city, the county, and the country in which you live. If you're encouraging one another to create a culture of love, then when you interact with unsafe people in the community, they're going to know that you're a loving person. 
And when you're considering others and you're thinking, what good work I can do? I think America, I think Hollister needs Christians who are full of good works. Considerate of the needs of neighbors and, and so forth and what's going on. So it's one of the best ways that we can do this. So um, faithfulness in church attendance encourages others and provokes them to love and good works. So that seems like a really strong word, but it means to incite. So spur, spur these people on to love and to good works. All right, here's another one. Um, so let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the love of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Now, this is an interesting passage because just a few verses later in Ephesians, you're going to see that each one should bear his own burden. Look at verse 5. All right? For every man shall bear his own burden. But in verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the love of Christ. So this is a different word for bearing that is used in verse 5, and then the different word in verse 2. But one another, right? This is a key phrase. Um, this is, it should be, in the Christian's vocabulary. Love one another. That's found at least a dozen times in the New Testament, along with pray for one another, edify one another, prefer one another, use hospitality one to another, and many other like admonitions. So in this section, then, here in Galatians 6.2, Paul adds this other phrase, bear one another's burdens. So the spirit-filled Christian. Now, do you remember the book of Galatians, what the basic problem is? Chapter 1, there's a different gospel that's being preached. See, Paul went through the churches of Galatia and preached the gospel. And then the Judaizers from Jerusalem came behind Paul and said, Well, you didn't get the rest of the story. Paul was preaching Jesus. That's true but you have to keep the Jewish law. Well, that wasn't true. And so Paul writes and he straightens out the gospel first to the Galatian churches. But then second problem within the book of Galatians was not only were the Judaizers encouraging people to keep the law to be saved, but they are also encouraging people to keep the law to grow as a Christian to experience sanctification. They said, well, if you'll do this checklist in the law, then you'll be holy. Well, holiness never comes to us through a checklist. So when Paul comes to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, he's really confronting this doctrinal error that when you're bearing one another's burdens, you're not a Judaizer. In other words, you're not looking at your brother or sister through that lens. Because that Judaizing lens, it finds fault. It attacks the wounded Christian. It goes after 
the sin, sinning Christian who needs encouragement to be right in his fellowship, it goes after them and it spreads their failures and their faults throughout the church. Did you hear so-and-so struggles with this sin? So-and-so's got that problem in their life. And it just kind of worms its way through the different relationships. And so Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Don't approach a sinning Christian this way. Bear their burden. So literally, it means to put the shoulder under. Now, how many of you have ever seen a short video clip of uh, the military working together to carry a telephone pole? All right. So that's one of the exercises that they do is they, they get the soldiers together in a group and they expect a group of men to pick up a huge telephone pole and to carry it together. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to break the resolve of the unit down or they're trying to strengthen the resolve of the unit to keep bearing the burden together. So that if one soldier stumbles, there's nine other guys who are bearing the load. And then that soldier can pick himself back up and then put his shoulder back underneath of it. Because at some point, another soldier may drop out and then have to get back to carrying the load. So here, this is exactly what this is talking about. Bear the load. Put your shoulder underneath the other Christian's load. Carry the weight of that spiritual concern that your brother or sister has. It's encouraging when you're not alone. It's encouraging when you've got people to be with that share the same values, the same mindset. They're after the same mission. They're, they're encouraging one another to bear the loads. And so the Judaizers were trying to load the believers with the intolerable burden of the law to live up to the expectations of the law. When the apostles said, why would we put such a yoke on the Gentiles when neither we nor our forefathers could carry such a burden? And so love is fulfilled of the law. Look at verse 2. Bearing one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Not the law of Moses, but the law of Christ. This is Christ's law. And, and be obedient to Jesus. You stand with other Christians. Right? So you bear their burdens, you join with them. So the Pharisees, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 23, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not uh, move them with one of their fingers. Have you ever heard the expression, won't even lift a finger to help? Right. So that's the Pharisaical approach to the Christian life. Oh, I'm not going to help you. I'm going to use my finger to point at you, but I'm not going to lift it to help bear your burden. All right? So bear one another's burdens. 